Welcome back. We're recapping week eight of the NFL season. We're going to be talking about what we learned in week eight from a fantasy and a regular football standpoint and what we're going to do with that moving forward. We're going to give some in-season fantasy football tips. There's a lot of stuff out there prior to the season on how to do this, that, the other, and draft stuff. But in-season management is very key in winning a fantasy championship. So we're going to give our ideas on what those may end up being. We're going to do a fantasy draft of our top five all-time sports broadcasters. Leave you with a rant and a rave and a banger for the week. I'm Nate. That's Tony. But first, as always, Tony, what's on top of your mind? You forgot to ask the listeners, who wants a mustache ride? <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> We're recording Halloween. Halloween night. That's right. Uh, top of mind for me, uh, the mustache is staying on for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Uh, top of mind for me, the Chargers, Austin Eckler, Monday night's game. The Chargers had that game uh, in hand by halftime, yet they ran Austin Eckler into the fourth quarter. What are you doing? Uh, if you have a running back, that you paid a lot of money that you haven't been able to keep on the field this season. Why would you have him running between the tackles or even play as much as he did with the game that was basically in garbage time in the third quarter? Um, For context here, I did lose a five leg parlay because Josh Kelly only rushed for 21 yards. Uh, He missed (laughs) it by four fucking yards Four. Mm -hmm. not happy. Yeah. I had the Josh Kelly prop over 25 and then I had it. Like in game, it dropped to like 22 and a half after the first drive. And I was like, hell yeah. And then he got like a seven yard, eight yard run. And I was like, oh, this is cash and easy. And then the guy never saw the ball again. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, a lot of those passes, I was, I was thinking about that and I was going to add it into one of my things, but I decided not to just give it a week. Cause I did post out the thing with the gif of Vince McMahon saying, dad, what was it like to call Austin Eckler a bust in the preseason, right? And yeah. um but until Herbert's hand is better, I think you're gonna get a lot of those dump offs. So that might be an avenue for us to, you know, play going forward if Austin Eckler's catches are going to be sitting at three and a half, four and a half or something like that. Or yeah. receiving yards and stuff because he was checking the ball down a lot, moving the ball short down the field, not taking those big deep shots like they have been all season. And I think a lot of it has to do with that hand. So not good for my number one running back bust take. So no, um, but it's, it's really like the first time they've really thrown to the running back like that all season as well, too. And people say, Oh, it's because they didn't yeah. have Austin Eckler in the lineup. Well, it doesn't really change based off the personnel. Like it, it shouldn't change. Some coaches mm-hmm. do, but I don't think that that's what they, that's what they want to do in that offense. So <clears throat> I think Mike Williams really hurts that, but top of mind for me, I mean, I think Zach Wilson's pretty much shown that he's Joe Montana, you know, or oh, I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, the guy's just over here taking the team down. Hey, let's go get us a field goal. Boom, boom, boom. One, two plays, spike it right before the clock. You know, great clock management against the other team from New York who didn't display <laughs> that very well a couple no. weeks prior. Um, and then does it again in the overtime period. It was fun to see. Um, just happy for the guy, and it seems like everybody else is really happy for him too. That's you know in that team and in an environment and everything like that. Jets, a team sitting at you know four and three on the season, and we thought that with Aaron Rodgers they'd be lucky to be come out of it three and three <laughs> yeah, to start out the game. Wins. Yeah, you know, and uh, with Zach Wilson we thought, well, maybe one, maybe two wins they can get you know past New England. Guy just keeps winning ball games. He might just be a winner. He might just be a winner. Tyree Kill said. <laughs> 
that when he was getting he wanted to stay with the Chiefs. They were trying to get more money. Chiefs offered him fifty eight million or something like that, guaranteed. So he asked for a trade. Miami offered him seventy. The Jets offered him seventy eight, and he liked Zach Wilson, so he wanted to go there. But then his mom was huh. like, "Hey." Think about taxes and all this kind of stuff and state tax. So he decided to go down to Miami uh, because the net would have been a lot more mm-hmm. going to Miami. Plus, he's from that area as well. But, um, yeah, top of mind, Zach Wilson. Happy for the guy. 1-0 wearing the jersey, Tony. 1-0. 1-0. Can't take it off. You can't wash it now. Yeah, they did lose uh, their starting center. And they're down linemen like crazy right now too so it's going to be interesting they brought in an old tennessee titan i forget the guy's name um dude's fucking jacked he was one of the better offensive linemen i should know this i'll look it up later on and maybe bring it up but or we'll talk about it on picking winners this week i'm sure but yeah uh they're scrambling to get some offensive linemen in there which they're gonna need because uh i don't know if you've seen aaron Rodgers. he's out there doing dropbacks they're already like throwing that. yeah the guy's got to be back by the fantasy playoffs like it's it's wild but he, he won't be back by then, I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, that's my top of mind. So, you look great, Tony. You look great. Thank it's you. Yeah. Awesome. If you're if you're only listening, go over to YouTube and check me out. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Smoke show. It's real good. It's total smoke show. Do you have a big old <laughs> bottle of syrup with you? Did I didn't have any Angemimas. I didn't have any Angemimas. I'm sorry. Whoa, guys. you can't say Angemima anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called now, but it's something else. Uh, yeah. Pepperidge Farms knows, but uh, let's move on to the sports section. What we learned from week eight in the 2023 season, what we're going to do with it going forward. Tony, I'll let you start first and then I'll, we'll go one, two, one, two. All right. First one, mother of God, DeAndre Hopkins still holds and pushes defensive backs as if he was in his prime. What am I doing with this crap? Uh, I'm moving Hopkins up the ranks, probably as a wide receiver too, because Levis seems a lot more comfortable throwing up those 50-50 balls than Ryan Tannehill and definitely more than Malik Willis. Uh, it's awesome to see because like DeAndre Hopkins is kind of one of those wide receivers we kind of, you know, we put in shady acres. We were going to retire him, uh, kind of let mm-hmm. him wither away. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that the rest of the year. I think they're going to actually let Levis throw it. And you saw last week, what do you have, like three touchdowns? It's fun to see. Um, the touchdown rate's going to come down for Levis, so uh, pump the brakes a little bit on that. But it is nice to see Hopkins getting some play. Uh, a lot of people who drafted him very high are probably happy to see that. Yeah, you know who has him in the league record? The damn kids, and they had him on the bench. <laughs> of course. Of course they did. 9- and 11-year-old have a Dodger Hopkins scoring 40 points on their bench, feeling that first like regret all season yeah, yeah. that they've had or whatever like that. So. Good. Yeah, feel the same pain that we feel every year. (laughs) I told I told my daughter I was like, "Hey, um, now you know what this really feels like—the pain, the regret, the hurt, and now the second guessing every decision you have for the rest of the season." (laughs) uh, Yeah, good day for Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins and his, you know, four catches for three touchdowns and um, Will Levis with his four touchdowns on opening night. Uh, Do you see the Houston Texans? told the University of Houston to not wear powder blue. Like, they put a cease to them wearing powder blue because they made a uniform for Houston's college team that is the same colorway as everything, right? And they were like, hey, that's a copyright infringement or trademark infringement, this, this, this. 
fuck nope. you. You know, if I was yeah. Houston, that university, I'd be like, screw it. We're going to wear them. Sue us, the Tennessee Titans in the NFL. Like, the the NFL told them not to wear it. I'd be like, sue yeah. us. Take us to court. Litigate the hell out of us. Make our entire university go bankrupt because of the <laughs> color that we wear on our uniforms, and they look similar. Yeah. Put that on the NFL's hands for the, for the PR department to deal with. All these kids don't get education because <laughs> the school's broke and went out of business. That'd be I agree. They should hilarious. do it. I yeah. stick it to them. Go fuck yourselves. My number one is going to be uh, that the Colts defensive backs are going to be targets for us for the entire year. We just saw Derek Carr throw for 300, 300 yards. Um, D- Tony, I had a great week in betting. I don't know if you looked at the record of what I posted. I think it was like 10 and four or something, 10 and five maybe 11 and mm-hmm. five or something like that in that big long one I did when I attacked mm-hmm. all the Colts defensive backs. Um, Chris Olave would have went over on his receptions and his longest, uh, his receptions, his yards, and his longest catch of 22 and a half yards bets that I had. Had he not dropped the ball straight off yeah. the front of his helmet, wide open, yeah. burnt cover two, the secondary stinks. They have Darrell Baker Jr., who was supposed to play and they he's so bad that they were like you're not going to play when we only have three defensive backs they literally have nobody to play db because everybody's hurt or they got suspended for gambling and then got traded to philadelphia and they are just a sieve in the secondary like washington is like the 49ers are and it's it's bad for this team and we're going to target them the rest of the year no matter who it is you're going to target them in seasonal target them daily i mean the cool thing about the Colts is you play teams like the Texans. You play teams like Tennessee, right? Those guys, those teams are in a division. Those are not players that, especially in the daily fantasy or sports book stuff, where they're looking at past performance, predictive, this, this, this. You mm-hmm. can hop on this early enough to, before people recognize how bad this Colts defensive back scenario is. Players are going to catch Very five, bad. six, seven, eight balls. Like, I don't – Nico Collins, Tank Dell, D Hop, whoever it is that catches passes mm-hmm. anywhere. Just attack the Colts secondary. Um, you could attack quarterback overs as well because they're just going to be throwing deeper balls because mm-hmm. these guys cannot cover on the outsides. And it's going to be very fruitful for us going forward for the rest of the year. I'm in. Yes. I'm in. I might be picking Carolina this upcoming weekend as well. Woo! Jonathan Mingo, let's go. <laughs> yeah, Mingo, Thielen, all the above. All right, it's uh, going to stick on the theme of defenses here. Uh, littering and, littering and, littering and, smoking the reefer. Uh, the Giants defense, not smoking the reefer, but you know, if you're going dumpster diving for a defense in DFS or if you're streaming defenses, uh, if your league is full of bums and you still play defenses, uh, exactly. the last three weeks, the Giants have allowed 14 points to the Bills, seven points to the Commanders, or what do you call them, the Commodes? Uh, 13 the commodes. points to the New York Jets, the Commodes, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty decent. Their offense stinks, but their defense might get you some points if you're just trying to scrape by. Uh, they've responded well to the struggling offense. What I'm going to do with that is uh, kind of target them, like I said, in the next few weeks. They get Las Vegas, Washington again, the Commodes. Um, they just traded a couple key defensive pieces, so that might help your cause there. Green Bay, 
and then they get New England, and that's going to be for their next five games. So uh, maybe a good streaming option, like I said, for fantasy in those matchups, and definitely a cheap uh, DFS play if you're just, like I said, dumpster diving for that cheap, cheap option, um, you know, in cash games or tournaments or stuff like that. Yeah, I might try to wait and see if Daniel Jones can come back or Tyrod Taylor can somehow play. Uh, I think they're naming uh, their Italian, you know, Paisan guy that started quarterback this week, and they didn't want that guy to throw a forward pass. Tommy DeVito, game, Tony so DeVito or something. That might be a little bit worrying. Yeah, yeah. The guy's a soprano. Like, that dude's dope. He's got, like, <laughs> he looks like a, a guy just straight off the streets of Jersey. Uh, it's pretty awesome, but yeah. um, they might not be able to stay on the field as long. So, but once those quarterbacks come back, like, and they have pass rushers too, so that's dope. Um, yeah. Do you see that report? There was a guy who's like a New York Giants sports reporter or something like that who came out and said that uh, in the NFL trade deadline, um, that the Niners and the Giants had a deal, agreed to a deal for a Dory Jackson to go to the Niners cornerback. <clears throat> And the Giants didn't send it to the league in time. So it didn't go through. Um, <laughs> That's like a, a Cleveland how, move right there, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know how much legs that has under it, but there was a San Francisco 49er insider, like beat writer or whatever for the Athletic, who said that the Niners have another deal that they're working out or whatever like that. And it's a, it's a good one for the Niners, and, and nothing happened. So people mm -hmm. are shitting on that dude, but... Um, interesting mm. there. My number two is going to be it is Derek Carr season. And the reason why I'm saying it is Derek Carr season, um, it's kind of underrated, right? Um, the reason why is when you look at his stats, right, and you go click on his name on whatever fantasy platform you're using, you see that Derek Carr is ranked number 22 at the position. Do you want to roster the number 22 quarterback in fantasy football? Nope, because there's probably only 12 teams in your league or maybe 10 or maybe yeah. eight or you know, whatever it is, right? You don't need the number 22 quarterback, but this team struggles to run the ball. They got a little bit out of it on some long runs inside like the red zone area, 17, 20 yard-ish by Kamara to score some touchdowns. He broke like 37 tackles on both of those plays individually, respectively, <laughs> I guess you would say. Um, I don't know why I always go to the number 37 when I uh, reference mm -hmm. something. So, But Derek Carr has four of eight games with over 300 yards. Three of those are coming in within the last three weeks. In the last four weeks, he scored 19, 20, 21, and 26 fantasy points. And the remaining schedule, listen to this. You got Chicago Bears. <laughs> they stink. I don't care if they just brought in due to pass rush from Washington. Uh, they got the Sweat, Minnesota Vikings, yeah. who are not going to have a quarterback that can play NFL football because they don't want to play Nick Mullins, so they're going to go with Hall this week. And then they just traded for Josh Dobbs, who are we really scared of Josh Dobbs to push the ball forward? I don't think so. So, you know, maybe your <laughs> defense can stop those guys a little bit. It's not like the Saints don't have that bad yeah. of a defense. Uh, then they got okay. Atlanta, who who knows what happens when you're playing Atlanta anymore. Detroit, man, Detroit's on the road for this one in the in the Superdome. But, you know, Detroit's okay, too. But they're going to – if Detroit's going to beat them, all they're going to do is pass the damn ball, right? So you got that going for you. Carolina, and then for the fantasy playoffs, you have the New York football Giants, who you're up on their defense. I like their defense. <laughs> but I would say that the Saints offense beats their defense. 
And then they got the Rams, who absolutely sneak, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who could stop the run as well, but they struggled to stop the pass as well, too. So uh, we just saw Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills shred them apart on Thursday Night Football, even though they didn't score a lot of points. Derek Carr is a guy, he had two games, week two and four, with like under 10 or 12 fantasy points, which is tanking his entire rating. Everything else is around, I think he had one week of 14, another week of 18 in week one. But the guys, the guys throwing the heck out of the ball, and he's got weapons everywhere. And you know that Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, uh, Juwan Johnson, even Alvin Kamara catching the ball out of the backfield are all going to be able to cause some problems for defenses going forward. If you're a guy who had something like a, for some reason you're starting a Josh Dobbs, or you had Kirk Cousins, right, who's like dominating the NFL, having one of his best seasons. Um, you know, these type of players, or you're going up on bye weeks, grab yourself a Derek Carr, stash him on your roster, play the dude, because they're going to be slinging the ball all season long. Yeah, they're they're playing well, uh, kind of a bright spot. Uh, Michael Thomas has been a, kind of a nice complimentary piece. Olave hasn't been playing well, might be a buy low target um, if we're talking about people to trade for. And Rashid Shaheed, dude, is a deep threat. They have like mm-hmm. three catches for 150 yards or something crazy like that. Yeah. Like the dude just has, I don't know, someone needs to check his gloves. Uh, there might be some type of sticky substance on those gloves. But uh, you, you like the offense a lot. Um, and and I, it's good. Go ahead. And I want to bring it up too because last week I was talking about Derek Carr's footwork and how bad it's been, right? Because he's mm-hmm. like taking a step back and it's like hitch, 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 and he's waiting too long. If you watch it this last week, it's off his back foot, first hitch and go, and he's just getting ripping the ball, ripping the ball, ripping the ball mm-hmm. off that first hitch. And um, you saw that in that Shahid long bomb off a post, right? And because he got the ball out before the safety can get over, but he, and Shahid was already burning the corner. So he fitted into this gap based off of him getting rid of it off of his first hitch rather mm-hmm. than what he was doing before of like, okay, I'm going to wait for him to get past the safety or get enough leverage to yeah. where I can throw it over the safety. He's like taking these shots in between these gaps. And he's reading the, reading the field really well in that Olave – Man, that would have been another 40-yard touchdown, like walk in, yeah. like crawl your way in, whatever like that, because no one is around you, and Derek Carr's putting the ball where it's got to go. So I wanted to bring it up because I brought up how this is going to be a problem going forward if it doesn't yeah. get fixed, and we saw this last week. Hey, what was the difference? It was these one hitch, boom, go, get it out quick. Hopefully he sees it, the team sees it, and they're like, hey, yep, we got the dudes. Just get them the ball and let yeah. them work, so. Yeah, the Saints organization, a uh, famous listener, fan of our show. So uh, they definitely tuned in last week and kind of caught yep. that note. So yep. good job, guys. Thanks for thanks for listening. Maybe they're uh, one of the new movie. subs. Maybe one, there's a lot one of them. The new subscribers. There's, there's yeah. a lot of them. I don't know what's 90, going on, right? Dude. Yeah, we might be at 200 we'll take after it. next week. Whoa. We'll take it. What a bunch uh, of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Look at this guy. Look at this dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Your last one. Good. Uh, I'll have I'll have two tacos and a chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you meant you talk about the Saints' offense kind of in a good place right now, and it's probably a good thing they are because they are the most penalized team in the league. Uh, every time I looked up at this game last week, uh, they're playing Indy. They had a big penalty, and they kind of gave Indy a first down, bailing them bailing them out uh, in a 
couple of key drives early in that game when, you know, the Colts were in it. Uh, and I think a lot of those penalties ended up leading to points on those drives. So uh, didn't result in them losing, but Indy was definitely in the game because of those penalties. Uh, the Saints just kept shooting themselves in the foot. And this has kind of been a theme for the entire season, something they can definitely fix. But what I'm doing, any neutral matchups for New Orleans, I'm maybe giving a slight edge to whoever they're playing with that in mind. Um, you can't give away first downs and points when you're a team like the Saints. I think uh, Shahid and Carr had their way with Indy's corners. You talked about, you know, reasons why, but not every team is going to give up those types of plays. You know, three catches for 130, 140, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, something crazy like that. But um, they definitely need to clean that up. They did clean up Carr's footwork. You mentioned that. Uh, maybe this is something they can continue to work on. Yep. I like that. My last one's going to be that the Houston Texans running backs are unplayable for fantasy football going forward. Two of seven weeks over 10 fantasy points for Damian Pierce this season. Singletary seems to be taking about yeah. half the workload going, you know, over the last couple of weeks, which kind of sucks too, because you're just cutting into that. It's not like these guys are doing anything with it anyways, because uh, the backs as a whole are basically averaging about three targets, right? Which Coming out of uh, Bobby Sloak style mm-hmm. offense for coming from the Niners coaching tree and the Shanahan coaching tree, you expect that the running back's going to catch some more passes. They're not even getting the opportunity. Um, CJ Stroud's a down the field passer. He's really good at it. So don't blame it. But um, mm-hmm. Damian Pierce is averaging just three yards a carry. Singletary's averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Damian Pierce has the only touchdown out of this backfield. For the primary guys that you would roster in fantasy football. And he's got one of them. And that was one of the two weeks that he went over 10 fantasy mm-hmm. points. And he had 14 mm-hmm. that week. So outside of the touchdown, it's, you know, eight points. And the guy's averaging like seven. So uh, neither one of them has a receiving touchdown. I, It's rough because we saw Damian Pierce last year, right? Thousand yards, touchdowns, catches everywhere. And you expect that with a better coaching staff and the tree that they're coming out of that, hey, this is going to open up. They've had some offensive line woes with injuries and stuff like that. But even as mm-hmm. those guys are coming back and out of the bye playing Carolina, Carolina's decent on defense against the run, but they're not like anything that you're scared of. And as an individual po- opponent, you should be able to, you know, dominate and have your wheel with them if you're going to be a team that's going to want to compete for it. They're not a team that's um, – they're not even in the division. They're in the opposite conference, but in the south. Um, but they uh, – <clears throat> you know, teams that you expect them to go in and be able to have some success again based off of their previous performances, the Texans did not do that, and it worries me mm. for these running backs because I, for one, am a big Damian Pierce guy. Uh, but if you're not going to get the rushing yards because they can't run the ball and you're not going to get passes out of it, they're kind of just unplayable and it kind of stinks because you probably drafted them, you know, with a top six pick or some top six round picks or something like that. Yeah. It's based decent off ADP performance. So, and uh, thank, thank you, Nate, for allowing me the opportunity to rant right here uh, in the middle of the sports segment. Uh, one thing I'd like to rant about is the Texans after Damian Pierce's touchdown was called back. What do they do? They hand the fucking ball off to Beck, the fullback and he yep. scores and the dude later fumbles, which that was a close game probably cost him so yeah nice job D'Amico yeah damn it I have Pierce in a couple weeks too yeah I do too very sad sucks that sucks thank you for letting me rant you're welcome I'm always you know here for you here for the people uh people like hearing you bitch so you're you have our best YouTube short type you know TikTok stuff when we were putting those out yeah um on many people are saying that your rants yeah many people like to us uh 
<clears throat> let's move on to our in-season fantasy football tips. So I want to bring this up because we're at the halfway point of the football season. Draft season's way behind us now, but people are still holding on to what they thought pre-draft and all that kind of stuff too. But you have to have strategies and ways to, to win within the season, right? Mm-hmm. Getting good players to begin with, how you manage your roster, how you go forward to be, be able to propel you into a playoff spot and potentially, hopefully, compete for a championship. So I got three. It looks like you got three, Tony. I'll give you the floor for the first. All right, meow. All right, meow. Uh, <laughs> first one for me, never give up, never surrender. This is twofold. Uh, don't be the manager that stops setting lineups, uh, kind of handing out free wins, right, once you figure you're eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, this impacts how you know most leagues will end, maybe allows teams into the playoffs who otherwise shouldn't be in them. Uh, the second piece is if you start one and five or two and four, you're not out of it. Most leagues let six teams into the playoffs. You just need to finish, you know, seven and seven, or I've even seen six and eight teams get into the playoffs uh, if the league's kind of top heavy. Uh, that's attainable because every single league, they're going to have a few managers who aren't in uh, 100%, you know, all the way to the very end. So don't give up. Keep setting your lineups. Keep attacking the waiver wire. Offer some trades. We got some tips about those coming up too. So it's never over. Um, keep playing. Never going to give you a. Never gonna hold never gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, there's know no the Rick roll that. included. There's no there's no Rick roll included. That wasn't my idea. Yeah, I just did that off a of whim and realized I don't know the words to the song, but it's a great one. So everybody now, never gonna give you <laughs> my number one is gonna no. be to nope. create a depth nope, chart. Nope. <laughs> my number one is going to be to create a depth chart. Um, depth charts help you get rid of decisions on a week-to-week basis, right? You draft players based off of where you believe they're going to finish as a season of a whole. But if you continuously tinker and be like, okay, this guy here, this guy here, or this guy hasn't been playing that good, so I'm going to play this guy, um, you're going to screw yourself up. You're going to miss out on points. For example, had a friend, Tony, mutual friend. He's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh might have been a co-host of yours in past endeavors. <laughs> Text me on the weekend saying, do I start C.D. Lamb or Adam Thielen this week? And I said, what, don't what? ever ask me these fucking questions again. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, you know, whatever. But I was like, it's C.D. Lamb always, even if he's on a buy. You know, just look, <laughs> man. You start C.D. Lamb over Adam Thielen, right? He's like, yeah, but Adam Thielen's been doing this and C.D. Lamb. I said, and then start Adam Thielen. He's like, no, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. Then why the fuck are you asking me? Right? We had this whole conversation. <laughs> Who did he start, Tony? Adam Thielen. He started Adam Thielen. So I, I, I didn't know that, right? So I texted him on Sunday after C.D. Lamb's got, you know, whatever, 37 touchdowns and 3,700 <laughs> yards in a game and 37 catches. And I was like, it's all it's I, it was always CD Lamb, right? Don't ever ask me these questions again. He's like, I started I started Adam Thielen. I, said, I don't know what I I can't help you. I can't help you, dude. That's bad. So, but if you have a depth chart, who are you always? Who are you gonna say is the better player? Who's in the better position to score more points on average over the entire season? CD Lamb, play CD Lamb, right? Uh, but this really gets 
helps you out throughout all the bye weeks and everything mm-hmm. like that when you got two, three extra guys to fill in, you know, and you only got two spots and you got three, four guys. Have them ranked and stacked of who's the better player for the long haul or whatever like that or what you want to do. And maybe you have one decision or something like that for your last flex based off of whatever the matchup is. But you shouldn't have that many decisions. Get rid of a lot of decisions because, you know, over the long haul, you know, were you going to not play Patrick Mahomes anymore because he had a bad week last week? No, you're going to play him because he's the best quarterback in the goddamn league, right? Um, you're not going to say, oh, he's going over there. He's, you know, they're leaving midweek and then they're going to go play the Dolphins and Dolphins score a lot of points and they don't really have wide receivers to, you know, uh, to really throw the ball to. So the Dolphins are going to queue on on Travis Kelsey, all this kind of stuff, right? No, you're going to play Patrick Mahomes. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I don't like having two quarterbacks on the team because it leaves a decision, right? Just stick with one um and and let it be but create a depth chart it helps you get rid of a lot of decision making in fantasy football and over time you say you'll hear the stats all the time well this guy was wide receiver nine or wide receiver 24 on this season or you know running back three but you're going to miss out on the production when it comes if you keep tinkering with your lineups stick to your dudes create a depth chart get rid of decision making especially with these bye weeks coming very very good tip matt um, that's for you. Uh, create your depth chart. Stop asking <laughs> stupid questions. Uh, make sure you relax your throat uh, and cup the balls. <clears throat> uh, my second one, don't be afraid to cut players that you drafted loose. Uh, sunk cost fallacy. That's a real thing. You know, you invested a high draft pick in a player and maybe they just haven't panned out. Do you drop them? Hold them? Uh, what if they break out? You have to get away from that kind of thinking. Uh, if the player isn't performing, and their name isn't, you know, Jamar Chase or something like that, cut them loose. Let someone else endure that headache uh, and kind of rock, waste a roster spot uh, on their bench. Yeah, trust me. You don't want Kadarius Tony on your roster because you can't oh, drop God. the guy. I can't drop yeah. him. Can't drop him. Um, yeah, I like that. I like this next one, and it's trade for players past the bye week. This goes especially for, like, quarterback, right? There are a lot of teams with buys in 12 13 14 especially 14 there's like a hand i think it's four or six teams on by week 14 this season you do not want to have players on those teams if you're a middle of the pack type of team right let the other people that you play have bye weeks and struggle and they're going to miss the damn playoffs so when you're looking to trade look at I like to do similar like players, right? Players that are kind of on the same level, you know, like what, and maybe you throw in a little bit of juice on the other side to get you over. If you have a position of strength or something like that, say you have Kelsey and uh, McBride, right? As tight ends. I might throw in McBride because I'm going to keep Kelsey going forward, but Mm -hmm. I'll throw in McBride. And I don't know, let's just say, for example, there was Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, Right, as two wide receivers. And one is past the bye, and another one's got a week 13. Example. Um, I'm going to get rid of the guy who has a week 13 bye or a 14 bye. Similar players, right? One, two wide receivers going forward or whatever like that, what people would think. Um, understand that he's injured. Don't comment that shit. I don't need your li- <laughs> lip. We're just examples here. Uh, but I'll throw in the second tight end. I'm not going to use him, right? Throw him in. I'll juice up your deal. You give me that, dude. And 
and when I need to win, I'm going to have one of the better wide receivers on my team, and I know he's going to perform through the playoffs as well too, right? So yeah. similar like similar type players, get them past their bye week so you don't have to deal with bye weeks for the rest of the time, right? Um, so especially when it comes to quarterback and you have tons of points going out. So if you can find similar like quarterbacks, you know, something like that trade, uh, one guy has a good week, right, or something like that, and then – uh, get yourself from not having those massive, really key positions from having bye weeks in the later half of the season. So I like doing that. Yeah, that's a that's a good tip. If you've seen like some of these weeks where there's four teams on bye, we've I think we've already had a a, a week with six teams on bye. Like mm-hmm. there's some teams that are starting absolute trash, like yeah. wide receiver threes and wide receiver fours from teams that don't even pass the ball. You know, uh, it's not a prolific offense. So especially uh, those guys who have. Tip especially those guys who have like, let's say it's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase on their team, right? Those are the two best players they have on their team. They're going to count for mm-hmm. the most, two most amount of points, 50, 60 points or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that, or at least 40, you can kind of count on. Um, no, that's 40 points that they're not going to have in those weeks. So if you got players yeah. in those weeks, like capitalize on it, man, capitalize. Yeah. On you're, it. you're stealing points from other teams. I like that a lot. Uh, my final one here, it's not what I gave you, Nate. It's a little different. Uh, I thought about this one uh, while I was sleep sleeping. I dreamt about it um, because it happened to me. Scour the waiver wire on Wednesday mornings. You know, they say one man's trash is another man's treasure. You'd be surprised who folks might drop because of injuries, bye weeks. Nate just talked about those. Or just straight up anger with players. People get mad at NFL players in fantasy. This happens, but check your league's uh, transactions and just see if you can recycle anyone's goods uh, from the waiver wire. Last year, someone was it Mark Andrews or something like George Kittle, like Uh the person who won one of our leagues, they picked him up off the waivers when he was injured. Uh, This year I got Justin Fields. He had a good stretch. I know he's injured, but he'll be back. He'll give me some play on the ground. Right. So just check the waiver wires on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, usually waivers run Tuesday nights. So just kind of take a look, see what people drop. You usually can pick those guys up right away. Key example of this, uh, two weeks ago, Tony, I believe it was, we talked about handcuffing running backs, right. And hunting running backs to handcuff. Uh, there was this guy, I said, Hey, uh, Everybody's going to drop DeMarcado out of Arizona because Keontae Ingram took some catch targets, right? Or some carries and, and a lot of the workload. So people are going to be bummed out about this DeMarcado guy, right? And I guarantee you he's going to get dropped in tons of leagues, right? And what happened? DeMarcado on waiver wire because a week later, everybody on the fucking YouTube or in your fantasy circles or whatever talking about, Oh, you got to go pick up this DeMarcado guy. The same guy they told you to pick up two weeks ago. And then they told you to drop because Keontae Ingram was there. And then they said, pick him up again because, oh, no, he's the guy, right? Who's out there and said, hey, just get the get the guy because Keontae Ingram's coming off an injury. And maybe mm-hmm. he is the guy. But if he goes down again, you got the number one dude. And they've already shown trust in him, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Very, now very guys, reactionary. Yeah. Now the guy's winning leagues, right? So that was the thing that was quick, right? Saw people drop him, saw people drop him, and the guy's winning, winning weeks for people now. So shout out to you, DeMarcado. I think that's how you say his name, which I'm very proud yeah. that I was able to say it. So that's my last good. one's going to be um, along the lines of that, and that is protecting your roster and stop chasing upside. So this kind of ties into your sunk cost fallacy as well too, right? We have players that we love. Maybe it's mm-hmm. it's uh, Wandell Robinson or, you know, who I, who I like or – you know, I just fall in love with 
there is Tony and or talent. Right? We always talk about players' talent and why they should get on the field. Recognize what teams are doing. Cut the fat off your roster and bolster up what you have already. Right? Mm-hmm. If you have, say, you have Rasheed Rice and he's playing well, right? Well, if Rasheed Rice goes down, who fills into that role? Um, you know, is it is it all that great to have Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony? They don't seem to be those dudes mm-hmm. or whatever like that. But maybe you find that replacement value that's there, right? We talked about, or we see Jordan Addison and Jamar or Justin Jefferson, and what happened there, right? Jordan Addison, people like the talent, all this kind of stuff. But now you got KJ Osborne filling that Addison role that we liked before because everybody liked. Addison, he's getting this, this, this. No, KJ Osborne's getting a lot more catches and a lot more targets in that offense, right? And he's he's producing okay too. So, um, all right. Find ways to protect your roster with these, you know, that can have some upside, I guess you would say. And if it's not protecting the guys that you have, say you have whatever Najee Harris, who kind of stinks right now, and the Pittsburgh Steelers don't really give him the ball, though he got five targets last week and he caught all yeah. of them, which was kind of cool to see. Um, you know, and his backup is taken, Jalen Warren. Well, maybe you go find the guy who has, you know, that guy who has Jalen Warren, find one of his backups, maybe make a trade or something like that, bolster your roster, or mm-hmm. find the upside stuff in other people's backups that are in immediate positions to fill a fantasy rule. Um, protect your roster from injury and stuff like that because some of these takes that we might have had of, I think this guy may have a season or whatever like that, they're not happening. They're probably not going to happen at the end of the year. Stop chasing those things and, you know, solidify what you have going on to make a run. I like it. Let's draft Tony. Um, so this weekend we had the greatest weekend in all of sports, and it happens every year where we got the MLB World Series to finish out the MLB postseason. You have the NFL going on. The NBA started and hockey is going. It's like all the major professional sports within the United States are booming. And you, I think it was on Sunday, no, Monday. So yesterday, you could have bet all three Detroit teams to win if you wanted to. <laughs> I don't think it happened, but the Red no. Wings, the Lions, and the Pistons were playing. And, um, you know, that's, that's the thing you could do. And you could have some fun with that. But, um, with that, I've been watching a lot of basketball. I'm into basketball. I think the NBA is actually a really good product. Um, if you enjoy basketball, playing it and understand the game or whatever like that, it's actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And I recognize, like, you know, there's some good announcers out there, some good broadcasters. And I finally started listening to the TV with the sound on a little bit more lately. <laughs> and I'm on college football stuff, and there's some good stuff there. Some of the NFL stuff is good, too. Baseball's obviously always been great because you have the art oh, of yeah. storytelling over nine innings. So we're going to draft our top five all-time sports broadcasters. Would you like the number one or would you like the turn, Tony? You know I want the number one. Come on. Okay. I'm just going to write the name down and then I'll say uh, what my next two are. So, All right. Um. First pick. <laughs> First pick here for me, Vin Scully. Yeah. It's time for Dodgers baseball. No better broadcaster across any of the sports, any generation, any continent, uh, any multiverse, doesn't matter. Uh, easy choice is my number one pick. Nate's also a Dodgers fan. I wasn't sure if he'd go that route. So hence me jumping away from the turn and taking the first pick. Give me Vin yep. Scully. Yep. Yeah, I like that one. 
Um, he's, he was so good at just telling stories for a long time that you would never hear anywhere. And it was great because we yeah. used to go to Dodger Stadium as a kid and my dad would always give us like a little transistor radio, right? That had an AM dial or whatever like that. And you'd put your headphones in while watching a game so you could listen to Vince Scully do the call as you're watching yeah. the baseball game. So lost art of putting hey, it, the headphone in. Yeah. And the storytelling was just, it was so easy for him. Like, I think it's because calling the game was just like second nature. Like he'd be telling the yeah. story and be like, Oh, this player just hit a double or this yeah. count is now two and one. We got a relief pitcher, whatever. Like it was just, yep. the story just kept going. Like he, he did a good job of keeping you engaged, explaining the game, doing all the little things that a lot of announcers don't. And yeah. you also had the Oregon playing with Dodger stadium. So, so many positives, so yeah. many positives. That's really good. Well, yeah. uh, my, my number one, I'm going to go to the world of basketball and it is going to be, Dick Vitale. You son so, of a bitch. Dick Vitale. <clears throat> I'm a Duke fan, right? I I don't know if I've ever told the story to you before, but I became a Duke fan when I was playing basketball in junior high. My brother's like, hey, who's your college foot basketball team? I said, I don't have one. He said, you should like Duke. I was like, why should I like Duke? He's like, well, you're white. And I was like, what does that have to do with it? He's like, Duke has the baddest white dudes in the country, right? So he's like, let's go watch some whatever, right? So he has to see old tapes, right, or whatever like that. And he's like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. And we're just watching these VHS tapes of Duke basketball players. And there was a point in one game where we were watching, and they had five white dudes start for Duke. And they were, like, ranked number three in the country. And I was like, I'm sold. Like, this gives me hope, right? Like, this is gives me all the hope in the world. But there is nothing better than watching a game of Carolina Duke at Cameron, Cameron Indoor and Dick Vitale is on the call. And it's just, it. there's so much energy in the arena. There's so much energy coming from him. The diaper dandies, the, you know, whatever, <laughs> slam a jam baby and all this kind of this stuff. This is like, awesome, baby. It's so damn good, man. <laughs> that, or if you ever watch anything where there's like, whatever, Syracuse playing up north against a big team, right? Or these tournaments in Madison Square Garden or whatever like that. So damn good. Absolute legend, Dick mm-hmm. Vitale, with my number one. And my number two, you are looking live. You are looking live. You are looking live. And it's always th- the opening segment of when the broadcast starts. You are looking live at the granddaddy of them all. You're looking live at Dope Campbell Stadium. And that is Brett Musburger for the longest time Brett Musburger did so much stuff with college football mm-hmm. and every broadcast started with you are looking live and you just knew that we're in for a ride. The dude was great at storytelling as well and knowing all kinds of stuff about players and the mm-hmm. history of the teams and the universities and the coaching staffs and the stadiums and past performances in the stadiums. And maybe his best work was when he highlighted in the, I believe it was the 2012 season. So this would have been January of 2013, the Notre Dame, Alabama national championship game. And that's where we learned about AJ McCarron's girlfriend and AJ McCarron's (laughs) mom (laughs) on, on a broadcast because he talked about how, if you're at out, you're at these universities in the sec, you need to figure out how to 
throw that football because you can get you a girlfriend like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was so damn good, man. Um, and then we saw, you know, Johnny Manziel taking pictures with Adrian McCarron's mom after that, and it was pretty funny. But Brett Musburger, damn. my number two. That's pretty good. Uh, gonna step away from, you know, the inferior sports here for a moment and step into an elite sport. Uh, something, you know, as real as it gets, uh, a couple lines, it's gonna be a clobber knocker. Good God <laughs> almighty. So for the uncultured swine, this is Jim Ross. Uh, he was a wrestling announcer. He did it in the WCW and the WWE, WWF, whatever. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, and like other guys I have on my list, I associated his voice to the sport. Just iconic. If you heard it, if you watched back in the day, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when wrestling was at its peak, in my opinion, probably you agree there, Nate. Um, yep. Even if wrestling is kind of scripted or whatever, these guys are athletes. Uh, his voice, it for me, always means wrestling. So give me Jim Ross with my second pick. There's nothing better than him and Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, Lawler, Sit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Puppies! <laughs> like, he's so good. <laughs> He was an announcer, but he was actually a wrestler as well, too. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next one. Yeah. Shoot. This is this is another one that's just kind of like, is he the best announcer? Probably not. I just associate him with, you know, Monday Night Football. I associate him with the miracle. Uh, do you believe in miracles? That's his line. If you've seen the movie, you know, Miracle with Kurt Russell about the U.S. hockey team beating Russia, true underdogs or watch that story in real time, or watch Monday Night Football, like I said, over the last 20 years, you've heard this man's voice. It's Al Michaels. Uh, still doing it today. But, yeah, another voice I just kind of associate with a thing, and that thing is football and also uh, kind of the movie The Miracle. Yeah, definitely. Really, really good. My number three is going to – oh, man, dude. Um, I'm just going to go with – the late, great John Madden. And the reason why is because John Madden brought the Telestrator to live television. Mm -hmm. And I believe the first one started with, they had like a little screen that he could draw on, but they couldn't put it, like mirror it on the, on the TV like they do now, right? Where it's just like, oh, we put it up and then you see it or whatever, right? And you just move the screen and do all the stuff. They actually had the camera facing the telestrator and he was drawing on it or whatever that live on television of what was happening in a football game and it changed everything for, for, for yeah. sports broadcasting when watching it live john madden the legend of all of football he will always be remembered with video games and all this kind of stuff too right um just seemed like a really happy dude who loved the sport of really football. Really bad one-liners too. He was on my short list here. Uh, I got a couple. Can I can I read them off? Can I read, can I read them off? The defense should be expecting a runner pass here. Yeah, no shit, John. <laughs> <laughs> another another one. You can't win a game if you don't score any points. I don't know who the audience is for some of these lines, but like it's just the list is like never ending. Like he's got a lot it's of like so good. obvious lines. Pretty good. So good. Um, I'm gonna go to Tang. Dude, you don't have my list. Um, uh, I want one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm honorable mention that dude. I I'm stole, gonna go with two of my picks. So Jesus Christ. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go to basketball. There's right. one sound right now in all of basketball to where everybody knows what happened. 
and it is bang. Yeah. And that comes from Mike Breen. Anytime you got like a dagger three or a big dunk, you know, or something like that. And it always comes at a moment when it's, it's like a big momentum, you know, swing or something like the crowd is just into it. Hardcore. I don't think there's a better sound in all of basketball than that bang. Like even with Dick Vitale, it's awesome, baby. Yeah. It'll startle you. You, know? you better be paying attention. Cause you'll just be yeah. like, what the fuck just happened? It's, it's, the best sound in all of basketball and you know it's just like some steph curry 37 foot jumper yeah <laughs> turn yeah, around fade away yeah and crunch time and it's like oh it's so good in the playoffs too um it, it's it's the best sound i think in it might be the best one sound in sports broadcasting it's of good. this era it's of real this good era. so and then when you look at him, you're like, oh, that's who said that sound? And you're like, what the hell? The dude is great. Um, I'll do Mike Breen. My uh, – you got two. Oh, it's on to me. All right. Uh, this is my fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is This is like probably a generation before us, but still, if you've watched this stuff, like growing up, I watched ESPN2, got to see a lot of like stuff in black and white or – just stuff that was like clearly a decade or two old, but a big line of his down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier. It's Howard Cassell, uh, announcer most widely known for his boxing calls, did the Olympics, baseball. He did some other stuff, but just kind of one of those classic uh, voices that, you know, these millennials probably don't know about um, if they're not <laughs> watching ESPN Diocho these days, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very vintage classic voice. Yeah. Um, last one for me. I saved this one because I knew you weren't going to take it. Uh, <clears throat> here's his line. Always happened towards the end of the game. Uh, I grew up a Lakers fan, so I got to hear a lot of these, like a lot of them. This game is in the refrigerator. The doors are closed. The lights are out. The eggs are cool. And the butter's getting hard. And the jello is jiggling. Uh, I was spoiled <laughs> as a Lakers fan, uh, LA sports fan, sorry, had been Scully. Uh, and I had this guy, Chick Hearn, calling all the Lakers games. And it was like for the Showtime Lakers. And then, you know, he was – I started watching the Lakers in the 90s. But he was in there for some of like the Shaq-Kobe era. So just a really good time listening to him. He's another classic voice like Vinny. He was older when I started listening to him. But, uh, but yeah, Vinny and Chick Hearn. Like I, I don't know if there was a better duo for like a big city sports teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I'm going to go with my last one and you know, there's, there's this one time of the year and it comes around every four years where our nation here in the great United States of America all rallies together to dominate the rest of the world at sport. And that is in the Olympics. And the voice of the Olympics to me is Jim Nance. Uh, Jim Nance, he's pretty much done every sport. He's on with Tony Romo on the old Sundays. Now he does the Olympics and it's awesome to see him like wherever they are. Right. Even if it's the winter Olympics or summer Olympics and they're on the other side of the globe or wherever they're at. And it just feels like it's, it's soothing. You know, it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a time to respect your opponent, but dominate them. And you know, he's happy to be the one on the call for the entire globe because he is American and the Americans win in the Olympics at all times. Take that China. 
<laughs> dominate you in sports. Don't even bring a flag football team to the Olympics. Oh, God. Next. Get no, wrecked. We are going to fucking murder people. It is over. Like, Kirk Cousins gold medalist. Let's go. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. We should. Next week, let's draft our Olympic flag football team. Right? Oh, you got to get five. You got to right. get five. That'll be our draft, right? So you don't right. know who, where you're going to pick quarterback and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. So uh, we'll do that. And, um, but he's also has some of the greatest calls and the greatest golf moments as well, too. So he does mm-hmm. all these sports that are very mellow, but they're such iconic things when it comes to like the masters or the, you know, anything like that. So um, Jim Nance is my final one. Do you have any honorable mentions, Tony? Uh, I think I had one. I had a couple you picked. Jim Nance was one of them. I had Madden. You took him from me. I had Dick Vitale. You took him from me. I had Bob Costas as well. Doesn't have any famous lines like other guys on the list, but just another one who's just kind of, he's done a little bit of everything. He also has a line I think you'll approve of. uh, A quote, he said, the National League game, referring to baseball, prior to some rule changes uh, we might not uh, like that recently happened. Uh, he said the National League game is like chess. American League is like checkers. And he was referring to pitchers batting, <laughs> bullpen changes, pinch hitters, and all the strategy that comes with um, that. So based on that alone, like I I probably should have <coughs> taken him with my first overall pick, honestly. Man, he's done yeah, NFL, definitely. NBA, MLB, boxing, golf, NASCAR, Olympics, horse racing, and I think he even had a talk show for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, big fan. Um, I had Kevin Harlan. He's a big basketball voice. Um, okay. You just, you know, who, you know what you're getting out of Kevin Harlan. He's so energetic and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I had Doris Burke. Um, she's good. She's kind of worked her way up, right? And she's known, um, I mean, like all these people, but I really remember seeing Doris Burke doing a lot of the courtside stuff, right? In the, the mm-hmm. middle of the game interviews and all this kind of stuff. And now you see her sitting on the side, right? And she's sitting on the main broadcast and stuff like that. Every player loves Doris Burke. And she just loves basketball. She knows so much about the game yes. that it's like you get a lot of these former players who are doing stuff like, you know, Reggie Miller or you got Doug Christie in Sacramento doing it now. And it's like they're kind of just like these energetic hype man type of things. Mm-hmm. But Doris Burke can really storytell really well. And I think that's what makes really good announcers and broadcasters. Yep. Right. It's like they know something about something and it's it. they just you could tell they have such a love and passion for it. And then my last one is going to be Kirk Herbstreet as a honorable mention. That was the one that I really wanted to put in my list, um, but you didn't take Nance. And maybe I'd skip Mike Breen, but he's got that such a good line. But Kirk Herbstreet, I think he's on his way to be one of the best of all time. He's still fairly young. He played college ball at Ohio State. The dude just loves college football. Uh, I just finished reading his book that he put out and it's freaking phenomenal. And like, you could tell his love for college football, where it came from and what he wants to do with it going forward and how he, you know, his sons play college ball, uh, I believe for Clemson right now as well. Um, and what he's done, taking that knowledge from the college game into doing Thursday night football on prime um, good. For, for the NFL. It's really good because he knows these guys total upbringings because he studies hundreds and hundreds of teams in college football and just yeah. knows things about them and talks to these play- been talking to these players for you know four or five six years through their college you know college careers and stuff like that i think he's going to go down to down as an all-time great when it's all said and done and i'm happy that we get to watch it for the next 40 years of our lives right so um 
it's phenomenal the amount of work that dude does from game day to all the prep for that stuff doing the nfl on thursdays the dude's just all over the television always on Mm -hmm. shows i don't know when this dude sleeps and he still makes tons of time (laughs) to be a dad a husband and just his own person as well too Mm -hmm. so but you can tell he loves everything that he's doing to recap our draft tony you had for the top five all-time sports broadcasters vince scully Jim Ross, Al Michaels, Howard Cassell, Chick Hearn. Yuck. I had Dick Vitale, Brett Musburger, John Madden, Mike Breen, bang, and Jim Nance. So uh, let us know in the comments who had the better draft and tell us who your top sports broadcaster is of all time. Give us a list, whatever you want to do. Just start blabbing them off. Moving on to rants and raves, Tony, before we get out of here give you a chance to get something off your chest whether it's positive or we could turn your negativity into positivity going forward right whoa we're halfway there are we more than halfway i think we're more than halfway i hope so because we're at about an hour um (laughs) we just got done trick-or-treating with our kids it was like 30 degrees maybe colder i don't know uh my hands were in my sweater in gloves the entire walk i had a beanie on thick sweater, fleece lined, all that good stuff. Uh, this crap happens almost every year uh, where we're at in Colorado, where it's just below freezing uh, on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to be in the 60s tomorrow. St- stupid. Uh, but folks were out there like with their little kids. Parents were out, you know, braving the cold. Some people had games set up for trick-or-treaters. So I'm just going to rave about the hardiness, the resilience of folks out here, because I know my kids are going to sleep better, sleep happier tonight. Uh, once they come down from the goddamn sugar high, of course. Yeah. 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 Your, yeah. your little one was just pounding like all the Kit Kats and everything. <laughs> <on the laughs> She's six years old. Just like, can I have my candy bucket? Sure. Yeah. Have, have a time, man. Have yeah. a time. Yeah. It's really cool. Your neighborhood does it really good too. We went over there the last couple of years. Um, the kids enjoy it too. So we get to run around. We watch them. Next year, we got to take like tall cans or something around with us. So. I know. Paper um, bag. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that was a good time. Uh, I'm going to rant about the text, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans quarterback, Will Levis, not because of his on game on field performance, because he in press conference stood up for Malik Willis, Willis, Jesus Christ, Malik Willis getting booed by Tennessee Titans fans when he came on the field and they took Will Levis off. They were going to play both quarterbacks. Will Levis is balling out. And then, Everybody's all excited, and the fan base boos the other quarterback on the team, and he said, y'all better come right next game because that shit's unacceptable. And then you saw, it's the first time I've really seen, like, a quarterback address it to the media right off the bat. And this is, dude's first start. He was a third-string quarterback starting, plays one game. He could be all about, about his performance, you know, and I, I've always thought I've had this. I mean, this is this, and the, the thing he wanted to talk about was that was bullshit, I know I came I came off the field. You think I want to come off the field? Nope. But that's what we're doing, and we're going to win games, and that dude's going to be a part of us winning games. So either come right or don't come at all. And then you saw the rest of the Tennessee Titans team kind of, you know, pile on to that with their comments on Twitter and stuff like that about, you know, that whole situation. So You could actually cool see, see in real time when Will Levis was making those comments. You could see Mike Vrabel get a hard on. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Midnight. Six to midnight. Yeah. 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 It might have been a small hand, but damn it, it was six to midnight. So, 
but um that was just really dope to see right i don't i don't know like you you know people would be like yeah it's not you know i don't really pay attention to what's going on out there just try to play my game this is this 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 and he's like like that's the dude who's competing for a starting job with right Mm -hmm. and he just said you know that's bullshit like I was just cool to see. You don't see that a lot. So, yeah. uh, shout out to you, Will Levis, sticking up for your homeboys. So, anything else before we get out of here, Tony? No. Not a thing. Um, nope. Nothing else. Did I already drop like a mother of God? I don't. I think I got all my one-liners out of the system. Okay. Okay. Should be good. (laughs) I'm making sure. Uh, Should be good. All right. Be sure to follow the show at Taco Court Sports on all your socials. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to hit a little subscribe and a like. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. We'll take all your feedback. We don't care. Right? We come from, uh, how do you say this, Uh, career fields, I guess you would say, where um, criticism is warranted and we need it right to get better so that we could dominate what we're doing so in our actual personal lives actual Mm -hmm. lives and stuff like that where um we have to have those tough conversations to figure out stuff to to make the world a better place hopefully so um we got pretty thick skin Uh, tony might comment like he doesn't have thick skin but uh, i'm gonna cry at some point with it He's just having fun with it. So, um, but yeah, we want to hear your feedback. So let us know what you think. Tweet, uh, continue sharing the show. Um, here, you know, it's weird for me to see a Twitter thing that we get tagged in or something like that. And it's like, yo, these are the guys I'm following, or these are guys <laughs> are pretty good and nobody knows about yeah. them or whatever, whatever their thoughts are, right. Whether it's warranted or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's people out there sharing it with people and telling friends and stuff like that. And, um, you know, what, not even two months ago, we were at like 32 subscribers. Um, and most of that's like friends and family probably. Um, and we're almost going to hit 200. So probably by next week doing the show, I'd predict, not predict, but project that we're 200 subscribers. And we have no idea why you guys do it. But we if it's, the, if it's so, the cosplay, let us know. We'll continue dressing up. <clears throat> yeah. If you like how I look at it, Zach Wilson, black Gotham Knight jersey. Um, let me know. I'll wear it all the time. I'll, I'll get a jersey. Who's your favorite player? Let me know in the comments. I'll get their jersey. I don't give a fuck. But, um, but thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening yeah. on audio, or if you don't listen to audio, you know you can follow this show on Spotify. Also, there was a comment in Spotify in the Q and A piece that says something about very informative. Looking forward to the next episode, right? And that only comes to nice. us. So I don't know who that person was or whatever like that. Um, but uh, I should probably. Next week, let's uh, do a little shout out for the new followers up the week as well, too. Sure. So we'll do that. So, and uh, if you have any Q and A stuff for us, let us know, and we'll add it into the show. You spoiled it, Tony. We're halfway there, and um, hopefully, we give you some in season tips that can help you get the rest of the way there, so you don't have to live on a prayer. Banger of the week, living on a prayer, Bon Jovi. For Tony, I am Nate. Talk Corp episode 112 in the books. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Snozberries taste like snozberries.